much do you know about Angola, the guy that you would be playing there? And Say. I don't know anything about Angola, but Angola's in trouble. Welcome, everybody, to the Contrarian Fanatics podcast. This is a test run, so please forgive us for any awkwardness or unprofessionalism. Rob, let's start off with the news out of New York. I'm sure you you might have missed it because it didn't get that much coverage, but Tim Tebow is now a New York Jet. Praise be the Lord. (laughs) Yeah, um, I'm excited. As a Bills fan, I think it's great. Uh, A team that has already peaked in the Jets, which I think they have, I think... Rex Ryan's the type of coach where his message resonates and then it starts fading and getting annoying. And I think uh, this is the point where the Jets have officially jumped the shark. What do you think about that? Did you see where he kept referring to his great relationship with the coaches and Rex Ryan in particular? No, I. what I did hear, what was it? It was Scott Van Pelt was talking about how many times excited i think he said like 45 times yeah they actually did a breakdown on it and they showed all the times he said he was either excited or it was exciting or the excitement you know he he was just that was his go-to word during that press conference well i mean he's dealing with less oxygen let's forget not forget he spent his time in denver there so (laughs) but they you know of course the media was asking him questions about how he was going to deal with rex ryan's brashness you know with his own sensibilities being more religious and kind of straight-laced. And he, he kept referring to the fact that he and Rex Ryan have this great relationship, and he's got a great relationship with those coaches. But, I mean, I don't know. Just It doesn't seem like a, a fit. It doesn't seem like a fit to me. Well, it seems like a fit if you take it at the offensive coordinator level. I mean, that's, that's I really think, what, what tipped, two things tip the scales as to why he chose the Jets, if, if you believe that he got to choose between Jacksonville and the Jets. One, he didn't want to go back to Jacksonville because um, he doesn't fit Malarkey's system, and it's just, you know, you can't go home again, and the pressure would have been immense, and it would have, I think it would have been just too much of a circus, uh, not that it wasn't in New York. And the second thing was Tony Sperano. I mean, the guy who brought the Wildcat into the NFL, who likes to run the ball, right. um, I, th- I think that, that that probably trumped any concerns he might have had about Rex Ryan. And, um, I mean, but didn't he play for, uh, he played for what's-his-face in Florida? I mean, yeah, uh, he's not exactly a low-key guy. No, and but the thing is, with the Wildcat, I, don't, I really don't believe that he's coming there just to run the Wildcat. He, he wants to start, you know. And the fact that, like you said, if you believe that he chose to go to New York, that's the thing where Mark Sanchez has to be kind of sitting back and thinking, you know, is this guy for real? Because if he chose New York with the intention of starting, then that tells you that he believes that it's easier to beat Mark Sanchez out for a starting spot than Blaine Gabbert. Yeah, well, like I said, I, I think based on the the – what's in play at Jacksonville, he's probably right, because I don't think Malarkey is going to um, switch his offensive scheme 
like the Jets might be willing to with Sperano. And, you know, I mean, somebody who at least embrace a running quarterback. Um, <clears throat> but with, with Tebow, I mean, it's with Tebow and San- Sanchez, the, uh, the thing is, I think it's a no-lose for, for Bills fans, for Patriots fans, even for Dolphins fans, just because, uh, and even Steelers, you know, I mean, if you go into the AFC, because tensions aside, neither one of those quarterbacks scare me. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, the, they've got two option, you know, like 2A and 2B. I won't even give them a one because Sanchez, I mean, he had a nice game against the Bills last year, but name me a quarterback that didn't. <laughs> um, and, and hopefully that'll change. He showed when under pressure, I mean, he just, he panics. He just, he, he, both, both quarterbacks did when the Bills played Tebow, they panic. Both quarterbacks cannot read defenses, and they turtle. And, uh, and so I, I'd feel bad for Jets fans, except for the fact that the last four years they pretended their team was inconsequential to the rest of the country for almost 30 years. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like Buccaneers fans, because they won a Super Bowl. They think that their team's relevant, and, and they're not. They're getting there, though. That, they, they were active. In the, in the, um, they were, but Shiano, I have I have doubts about what Shiano can do, and um, <clears throat> and I just I don't know. The, the the Buccaneers fans just bother me. It's like Saints. It's like the Saints fans with the with the whole Bounty Gate when you get into that. Um, and it's there's no guarantee they're going to go back to being great, right? Because they were they were so terrible for so long. I mean you. you this happens all the time in the NFL, and you can even lump in the Bills with that. They had their glory years in the early 60s, were pretty mediocre through the 70s and mid-80s, and then they had a run from the late 80s to the mid-90s, another one in the late 90s, and then they've been bad for 15 years. So when you're a smaller market, um, sometimes you just have to take your, your turn at bat and then just move on, you know. but it doesn't mean that you're a, an elite franchise. And I certainly don't think the Jets are. And then back to the to the Saints too. This is why they have to sign. Whenever Peyton Manning signed for that ninety six million dollar contract, Drew Brees had to see dollar signs because all the you know the negative stuff going on right now. If they don't get something worked out with him, they've lost. They've just lost on every facet in this off season so far. You've got to bring Not- back. You've got to bring back Drews. Absolutely, and and I love their signing of Curtis Lofton, especially because it looks like Jonathan Vilma is going to get whacked Mm -hmm. for being a part of Bounty Gate. But, you know, signing, you needed to get another guard, but signing Ben Grubbs to that deal before taking care of Drew Brees uh, did not make any sense to me. Now, uh, we'll get into this later. I'm I'm not big into players, you know, being disrespected or feeling that the team shouldn't have made a move before they did. But with Drew Brees, that's just kind of a different level. I mean, the Saints were nothing before he got there. And my guess is they're going to go back into John Forcade land after he retires. I mean, it's, it's, it's a cool city, it's, but there's a reason why they struggled for a while. I think it's hard to get people to, to move down to the Big Easy, especially when you have families. And it's not like Drew Brees had a, a choice to go there either. He was just kind of a cast-off, and Peyton took a chance on him. And it ended up being a great move, but with the whole, with that whole city, what they went through, and all that stuff with Katrina, you've got to understand that the emotions tied to this guy and to that team are so strong that if they, they just embrace him as one of their own, and if they don't take care of them, 
if they don't take care of their own, that kind of sends a message that um, maybe those core values aren't there anymore. And, and it would not surprise me at all if Drew Brees struggled this year without Sean Payton. I think that one of the most underrated things in the NFL is for the head coach and the quarterback to be on the same page. Um, you'll t- People go like, how can you think the Bills are going to be good with Ryan Fitzpatrick? Because he and Chan Gailey see eye to eye. And I don't think that it's it's if either one was without the other, I don't think they'd be as successful. And that's probably part of the problem in New York. I don't think Sanchez is a terrible quarterback. I don't think he'll be a great one. But I think he doesn't have a coach with which he sees eye to eye. Ever since he almost got pulled, uh, what was it, in his second year? Yeah. I mean, I think that that really put a fracture there. And it's it's an extremely important relationship to have on the same level. Well, you uh, mentioned with the, with the Drew Brees thing, you don't like to hear players talk about being disrespected and all that. Let's talk about one of your uh, one of the the, the most uh, viewed posts that we've had on Contrarian Fanatics over the last week was the whole Matt Forte thing with his uh, his Twitter. Uh, you know, he went to Twitter to defend himself whenever they they didn't give him his uh, his big extension or his big contract that he wants. You want to weigh in on that? Uh, well, shouting at the internet is never a good idea if you're a pro athlete. You know, get out a journal, write in it, dear diary. I feel disrespected. Uh, but what that would be an the, interesting book whenever they retired too. It would be. It would be. Think of the marketing. Get that to the agents. But <laughs> his first his first tweet was, uh, and this is my my reading of it was. There's only so many times a man that has done everything he's been asked to do can be disrespected. Guess the good guys do finish last. And uh, that's a great later, he, yeah. Later, I know it's, I love the good guys being capitalized. Yeah. On cap. <laughs> I would have missed that one, Matt. Thanks. Um, and then he that later got removed, and then he wrote this, which is clearly influenced. It's. For the record, I am not mad at the signing of another running back. This is the fourth time that's happened. I embrace competition as well as help, but as for not taking care of you our own and undervaluing a player under his market value is another story. Hashtag Twitter rant. <laughs> that's the tweet where his agent got into the ear and said, look, you know you didn't come off as, as good as you could have on that last one. Exactly. The first one was were his true feelings, and you know he's entitled to his feelings. But I just don't I don't buy the whole argument that he made up for the first one. And uh, let's be honest, he got hurt last year, and you never know how run, wasn't it his knee? Yeah. I mean, you never know how a running back, especially one with his skill set, is going to come back from an injury like that. So, um, much to the chagrin of Chicago Bears fanboys everywhere, I mean, I. I just feel like he's ridiculous with this. He needs to. He, they're going to take care of him. At the very least, he's going to make seven point seven million dollars this year. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard for me to feel badly for somebody who's going to make that. And please don't tell me he's got to take care of his family. Give me ten percent of that, and I'm pretty sure that I could take care of my family for a good ten to fifteen years. Yeah, and that's the point. You know, a lot of the comments that came in were. You know, a fan is going to see your comments and be like, oh, he's attacking my boy, so I better go get him. 
but we're, you weren't attacking his. I mean, he is important to the Chicago Bears. The, the problem is the fact that he is. Um, don't overreact to stuff. I mean, he's going to get. There's going to be a deal done for him, and that's not in doubt. Just be patient. And don't, like you said, don't shout at the internet the second that uh, the team has, every NFL team has a list of priorities that they have got to take care of. And in the NFL, it's a two-back league now. You've, you've got to have a second back. Matt Forte was hurt. Like you said, you don't know if he's going to come back 100%. They've got to have an insurance policy on that as well. They know they're going to make this big investment with Forte. They just want to make sure that they've got a backup plan if, um, you know, if he doesn't come back from that knee injury or if he gets injured again. And, and Michael Bush gives them a power back. And, look, I love Matt Forte. I'll give him the one of the biggest compliments I can give a running back. He reminds me of Thurman Thomas in the way that he's an all-around back. Mm-hmm. In catching the ball, in running it between the tackles, even as a smaller guy, and and even his blocking is pretty good, his pass blocking. So I mean, I wasn't knocking him as a player. I just think if if you're a Bears fan, and especially the ones who are rooting for them to get Mario Williams, and now they're mad because they signed Michael Bush to a much less restrictive contract, uh, that doesn't make sense to me. Uh, and they they still need offensive line help. So because Jay Cutler's important too, and he needs to be upright. I mean, it just it just seemed like a silly thing to to stick up for him for him. I know you're a big Matt Forte fan, but you should be a bigger Chicago Bears fan. And if you're a Chicago Bears fan, you should see why they did that. Yeah. And that, it's a good point, too, with Cutler, because you can point to the fact that look at the Bears record with Forte and without him, but whenever Cutler went down, it was over. I mean, the, the yeah. drop-off whenever he went to the sidelines was just absurd. Yeah, and, and ask Redskin fan, you know, how good Jason Campbell can be as the man. I mean, certainly better than Caleb Haney, but, I mean, that's kind of a low benchmark. This is how we do it.